Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to welcome a, a very special guest to the next podcast. Um, I do enjoy the chance to interact with other coaches and swimmers, triathletes from other parts of the world, because you never know who you might bump into, what you might learn, what you might glean from their background. And during one of the Q&A sessions at Club La Santa, uh, a very lovely young lady um, who gave some great insights into cramp and triathletes, we juggle this on a daily basis. We bring tired legs to the swimming pool constantly from the biking and the running. And I get asked this so many times, why, 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 why are my legs cramping? Um, and we've hosted various theories, we've tested things, we've tried, you know, all sorts of ideas. And uh, Professor Micah Krusman came to us with some other ideas that may give you some other insights, some other things to work on. So, um, Micah, it's great to talk to you again, all the way from Switzerland, and, and we're loving this technology here during the lockdown. Um, tell us a little bit more about your background, and hopefully we can share with our viewers, <laughs> viewers, listeners, some more about cramping and, and how we perhaps can avoid it. Okay, well, thanks for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to talk to you again. Um, well, my uh, professional background is nutrition and with a specialty on weight loss maintenance, actually, and also in sports nutrition. But the, the, the sports part of my professional um, uh, field is, is fueled really by my own passion for sports and more recently for triathlon, really. Fantastic. And so you're actually uh, lecturing at the University of Applied Sciences, Western Switzerland, is that right? And that's in... Yes. In, you're in Geneva? Yes, exactly. I'm, uh, I'm lucky because I live close to the mountains and close to the lake. So I have um, a very nice playground around my, playground. my home. I have to say Lake Geneva was one of my favorite swims. I, I don't want to bore everybody with the details again, but we were there in 2017 as a relay. And if you are excited about a long distance challenge, but the English Channel, what with the boats and the various other issues and problems getting to France does not appeal, you can take on a, one of the most beautiful swims imaginable trying to get from one end of Lake Geneva to the other. It's about 70 kilometers. It's no no mean feat, but um, it, it, it is something quite spectacular. And you were just telling me you're, it's just a little bit too cold at the moment to swim in. Is that right? Yes, for me. I, <laughs> for I know you. several triathletes are swimming, well, with a wetsuit, obviously, but it's still like mm, between 9 and 12 degrees uh, for now. So for me, it's definitely too, too cold. Too cold, too cold. Uh, and, and that can be, um, again, I've tried to develop some theories over time and I've noticed that some wetsuits, to save a little bit of money perhaps, to save where, where you perhaps don't need your buoyancy, they've switched from neoprene to textile material on the back of the calf muscles. And, and is it possible the cold could be influencing? Because obviously the calf muscle is a key area for cramping to start. Are we on the right track with cold? Is it nutrition? Uh, I, I threw some ideas back at you and, and you know, the usual ones, we talk about electrolytes, um, you know, if you're lacking, but I mean, most triathletes have a healthy, well-balanced diet, surely. Yes, um, 
most, but not all. Not all. <laughs> okay, thing. yeah. The thing is with triathletes, especially the ones who are uh, juggling family work and training uh, for long distances, especially, uh, well, sometimes they fall into a very monotonous diet and, and sometimes, not always, but sometimes there, there can be some issues with that and also relying on, on sport bars and, and, you know, the quick meals so that you can get your training and stuff like that. Sometimes it, it can affect a little bit the quality of the diet. I see. Interesting. Um, and what about, you know, the, the last thing I read, magnesium was going to be the cure, the, you know, something. Again, we, I think in this day and age, we look for the quick fix. Um, is there much to that? The, the imbalances in the sweat and replacement of hydration and so on. Is magnesium something to look at? Well, there actually there are many different possibilities or factors that can be involved. The thing is that um, some people are prone to cramps and it seems that there is uh, like a genetic predisposition and oh. other will never get cramps don't even know what it is really and Amazing. some people just like a friend of mine she just sort of runs through her cramps she tried probably everything and nothing really works so she you know she is a tough cookie really <laughs> and um and i also maybe want to stress that it's i love to hear about others experiences because regarding cramps especially but also for other issues but for cramps, the science is so scarce. Really? So it's very important to keep in mind that if you, as a swimmer or as a triathlete, suffer from cramps, then you are your own best expert. I think by trial and error, each one can find what works best for them. And even when it's not backed up by science, it's still super valuable. Because what science shows really is not much. And it's one one reason is that well cramps doesn't affect everybody so it doesn't interest probably many many scientists and it's very <laughs> difficult to find a, a cause and it's also difficult to show effects of uh, for example magnesium or electrolytes because it will work for some but not for all and that makes the, the studies actually very difficult to put together and you can't really show proof that it's working. But then again, uh, absence of proof is not He's... proof of absence. So <laughs> if it works for you, great. But what science tells us is that um, for magnesium, for example, there's not one single study with a solid methodology that showed an effect uh, of magnesium on cramps. So again, this does not mean that it never helps. But if it does, it's probably anecdotal, and I, as a professional, cannot advise it as a general rule. But again, what I would say to some persons who would be sensitive to the magnesium supplements, uh, they could just try maybe to have a, an increase in their intake for some consistent increase, I mean, and for some time, for a month or so, and see if it makes a difference. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I... I would, you know, having grown up as a swimmer and applied the principles of streamline, which means swimming with, 
you know, legs nice and straight with yes. relaxed ankles, toes pointed backwards for the best streamline. Um, I know how aggressive that position can be for so many people that aren't used to it. I mean, it's very unnatural unless you were a swimmer or maybe a ballerina. Um, but as I've got older, I've, I've noticed that the cramping does start occasionally now and again. So you're right. It could be, is that age? Is it because I don't do as much training as I used to? Um, I probably spend more time driving with the ankles in a position that's not, you know, whereas as a younger swimmer, I'd swim four to five hours a day and drive very little. So, you know, it's, it's, it's what, what works and what doesn't. And it's hard to isolate, isn't it? Yes, it is. And, and also, there's so many factors that are probably involved that it's difficult to pinpoint really what makes a difference or what's uh, at the cause. And then again, there are cramps and cramps, like the cramps uh, that can uh, affect the swimmers when they push off hard yeah. from the wall in the pool. is a very different cramp than the one that uh, affects the cyclist or the runner who is... Uh, uh, like collecting hills in 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 the in the warm weather and sweating uh, abundantly and and losing electrolytes and there in these situations it's probable that a lack of uh, electrolyte balance can increase the pain and the cramps <laughs> it won't cause it but for people who are prone to cramps the ones that are uh, sweating a lot and that are are um, for example, climbing big hills on their on their bicycles, those ones could probably find some relief with um, a better balance uh, in electrolytes and prevent a little bit by, by staying well hydrated. And then the training does a lot as well. Some people will suffer cramps in the first climbs of the year and then as the season um, goes by and they, they keep the training up, they, it's, it's getting better. But then again, there's no rule, really. <laughs> we, um, I mean, as coaches, we, we, we try to, we, we're, we're jack of all trades and, and perhaps masters of a, of a small one. But we have to try to learn as much as we can and, and also coach around the problem. And I, I found personally, um, you know, towards the end of a fitness session, I'll be careful to avoid putting fins on swimmers' feet because, and also even, you know, um, I mean, as a, as a swimming club coach with youngsters, you know, every tenth of a second counts. So you would encourage a tr fantastic streamline, push off the wall, lots of explosiveness. But actually, we're, we're now coaching with reining that in a little bit and being towards the end of a session, definitely be careful with the push-offs. And I think, you know, it's, it's interesting that towards the end of the sessions, the fatigue does kick in. But again, could that be... And swimmers uh, or triathletes, are, are, I think, are guilty of not drinking enough, perhaps, in a swimming session because it's not as hot. It's not as you don't feel that you're sweating as much. So, again, it could be an, a number of factors. Is it the fatigue? Is it hydration? Um, I mean, do you have any do, do you stumble into this as a problem swimming with fins at the end of session or the, the push offs? Well, not me personally, but my daughter is. <laughs> she swims and she suffers from cramps when ah. she pushes hard or, or and when she swims with the fins. Um, the thing is with the hydration, I think uh, 
when you're dehydrated, like after a three hour, four hour ride in the heat, uh, it can affect the cramping. In the pool, I'm not so sure because the session, even a long session in the pool is not three, four hours. True, yeah. And it's not uh, swimming all the time hard. So I, I'm definitely not so sure that the, the dehydration would be a cause or an aggravation factor of cramps in the pool. Uh, I don't say hydration is not important when you're swimming, but for a one hour, one hour and a half session, I wouldn't, you know, bother too much with that. Okay. Uh, especially as the race, when you race, um, it's, uh, uh, well, unless it's a very long uh, open water race, you will have possibilities to drink and, and, and feed. But um, in a triathlon, for example, you don't drink on the swim. So for me, it's better to get used to swimming like that unless it's a very long, long session, or you back it up with like a run, for example, then it's good that you end your session w well hydrated so that you can go for your run without uh, being dehydrated. Uh, that being said, uh, the, the thing is that what you said earlier about the pointed toes and the, this very um, uh, specific position uh, which you find also, for example, when you walk in high heels, uh, you were talking to me about that, avoiding high heels makes me laugh, but I'm lucky I don't suffer from cramps, so I can keep wearing my heels. Um, but the contraction of the foot and the calf that comes with walking on heels is almost the same uh, that you have when you are swimming with fins, really. So that continuous contraction uh, can definitely provoke cramps uh, in someone who is prone uh, to that. Not everybody will suffer from those, but definitely it, it has something to do with it. And, and if it happens, uh, the usual thing is to try to stretch it out, mm -hmm. um, release it. Is, is that the right thing? Is there anything else you can recommend? Uh, I would say yes, indeed, the uh, stretching it out seems a good idea. Some people find it um, uh, useful if somebody for example pushes against their foot so they put their lift their foot up and and somebody will push hard against it other just wait that it that it passes if it happens in the pool for example when you push from the wall or when you swim with fins well remove the fins for one thing and <laughs> don't push too hard because it will come back once you've had cramps during the session they will probably come back now, as a general rule, I would say resting, stretching, massage. I mean, they're basic body maintenance routine and, and they can't be advised enough, really. So again, their role in preventing cramps has not been studied properly, but the benefits uh, reach far beyond that anyways. So mm. it's always good to, to, to do those basic body maintenance uh, gestures. That's interesting. So good general body maintenance, uh, you know, as a, as a general program would, would help. Interesting. Um, so you mentioned some, some people may, may be a little bit more susceptible to, as a hereditary thing. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that sounds unfortunate. <laughs> um, but, you know, can stretching take you, you know, I, 
I think also some of the positions in swimming are so unnatural that people have to exert a lot of force to create that streamline, which surely can't be good compared to someone that had muscle joint suppleness that could create the position with a lot less tension. Are we on the right track there? Is that something, you know, if you were to do a lot of yoga and mobilize a certain area, would that help even if you were susceptible to it? It's possible. I also think that some people, they, they start the swimming, uh, not on date age, but, you know, as adults. Yeah. And they have to learn all these positions. And, and it's complicated. When you have stiff ankles, they will stay stiff. And when you try <laughs> to force your, your pointed toes, you will force those ankles. And it will create this tension in the muscles and and. and it can have like the domino effect. So maybe for um, like age groupers or people who used to, um, for example, practice triathlon and and started with open water swims, which are much longer and usually also in colder water, um, suddenly they discover cramps and they'd never had them before. And I think for those persons, definitely work on uh, flexibility, maybe maybe yoga but maybe just basic flexibility exercises a few minutes every day can make a difference you don't need to do like one hour of yoga three times a week but work on that flexibility and also maybe not um try not to be in that perfect position i mean people who started swimming at a young age they have all these skills and their body is sort of built around that but for people who who started later they have to do what they have i mean they have to do with with the body they have you know (laughs) so you can't force it into something different correct yeah and and again uh, triathlon being a sport of three other sports uh, there's a lot of compromise and and if you were to over develop or or you know make something too mobile other areas might struggle and I think you know runners might you know if their ankles suddenly became too have too much movement could it very well affect their running and so it's an interesting balance isn't it exactly yes Mm. okay well appreciate your insights into cramping there um could we just talk about a couple of other things that I think you know as time pressured uh juggling so many things you know can we do, do we need supplements well, rarely so, but it can happen. For example, I think the persons who would need supplements probably are tiny with low intake. Um, so mostly female usually, but not only, not exclusively. And they have sometimes a hard time covering all their micronutrient needs. So that's one group I would look into. And persons who don't um eat all of our a whole variety of food for example pe- people who don't eat meat uh, might need iron supplements person who follow a vegan diet definitely needs supplements vitamin b12 for sure and some other s- supplements might be necessary uh after some time such as zinc for example maybe omega-3 um not all the time but you know, when you are vegan consistently, at some point you might need some extra supplements. Um, and of course, it's it's difficult to to draw a, 
a rule here, but the, the, the necessity for supplements is very individual. And also what I can stress is that supplements is not without risk either. It's not uh-huh. just a, a, a little pill with whatever my body needs will take it and, and the rest will just, you know, take, be taken care of. It doesn't work like that. So there are interactions between supplements. And so I would really assess first if, if, there's, a, if there's a need for if it. And the need. better way to do that is have your diet assessed. It's rarely with a, a blood test that you can see if you uh, need supplements. Actually, it's with an assessment of your diet. That's interesting and, because... And yeah, so probably a, a, a good dietitian can help you decide if and for how long you need a supplement. Personally, I would say, um, you know, a few weeks a year, a, a multi-supplements with selenium, at least, <laughs> Um and, and that won't do much harm and it can be useful. But chronically supplementing, mm, not after, uh, not without a proper assessment. There, there have been several companies offering blood profiling here in, in the UK now, um, you know, to, to help highlight uh, deficiencies. So that's interesting that you, you may not need to go that far to, to, to look into it or, or is that technology somewhat limited compared to just looking at your diet? Well, for some, for some micronutrients, it can be helpful. But the thing is that the blood is something that is so um, carefully balanced by your body that it won't mirror uh, all the, the deficiencies, actually. So, for example, calcium, you will never see in the blood if you are low in calcium because it has to be uh, in a very tiny range as to have your body functioning correctly. So, and it's just one example. There are many others. So the blood is, is usually not a very good mirror of what's going on with your uh, micronutrient intake, actually. That's fascinating. And so linked to that, linked to that, um there's not there's not such a thing really as a, as a superfood or, or are there certain things that can be helpful i wish there was a superfood <laughs> it would be so much easier to plan your your <laughs> meals right um so yeah well uh, there is no such thing really as superfood unfortunately um humans actually have evolved with the ability to get nutrients from a variety of food items which is great, but which also means that not one single product is best for us. Um, but what I can say is that there are products that are worse. <laughs> and in English, we call them junk food. So that says it all, really. <laughs> yeah. um, and of course, they are not banished. But when you want results, when you spend so many hours training and, and trying to be better at swimming or running or cycling or whatever or just if you want to stay healthy you should just use those products with caution and there's no superfood that can um, annihilate the effect of junk food so (laughs) you know junk food is really to be used cautiously and instead of superfood I'd say some super diet maybe which Uh is um, easier said than done. <laughs> it's a variety of simple, real foods, so as less transformed as possible, and mostly plant-based. Not exclusively, but mostly plant-based. 
Yeah, there, there, there was a, a fascinating insight. Um, I can't remember the name of the documentary, but it was very popular. I believe it was Netflix, which got a lot of people oh, thinking. Yes. Game changers. Yeah, yeah. And, and mm -hmm. that, was, that was very helpful. I mean, it was criticized because some of the, the research and the experiments were very flimsy. But, um, you know, I, I think it was just to get people thinking. And, and it, it, was, it was very useful for that, um, you know, without it sadly lost a little of its credibility, maybe some of the, the background and some of the experiments, but it was very useful to, to see, you know, that you can get, you know, and, and often we forget, we think protein comes from a certain source, but we forget that, oh, actually, it's not just from meat, is it? It's, it's abundant elsewhere. Yes, it is. But then again, the, the quality of, ah. <laughs> uh, of the, those proteins is a little, little bit lower than uh, the animal proteins. Okay. So you need so much, uh, I mean, volume from those uh, plant-based uh, food to get enough proteins that it's quite difficult to... Um, cover your needs especially when you're a big athlete and um i saw game changers and there are many good ideas in there and i like the way they promote really the the plant-based diet but yeah. uh it goes just too far it abuses science really so <laughs> i wouldn't call it a documentary because it's um, just it's one way and and the, they they use data without uh, putting it in context. So there are too many errors and, and also, I, w I would al almost say fake science in there, <laughs> but oh. there are good ideas as well. The thing is that, for example, the, the, the bigger athletes that are um, uh, pictured in that movie, they use supplements, they use protein supplements as well. They use, uh, plant-based protein supplements, but they are supplements. So they're heavily transformed uh, amino acids. Uh, to help with the volume it, they need. They, they, have, they have to, because otherwise they, they can't uh, have enough protein. I mean, for people like that, it's 1.5, 1.8 grams of protein per kilo of body weight. It's a lot. So just by eating lentils, you would spend your day eating and you would spend your night in the bathroom <laughs> because there's so many fibers coming with those uh, veg vegetable protein. So you have to take that into account as well. It has to be, I mean, a good diet is not only healthy, it's also practical. Practical. So That's eggs, a great point. for example, it's one of the best uh, assembly of amino acids for the human body. It's easy, it's cheap, uh, you can cook them in advance and take them with you. I mean, it's, uh, of course, if you don't like them, it's a problem, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I think this movie and other theories that just banish a whole range of food items is, is, is not so valuable because really our, our body is made to find their nutrients in a whole variety of food amazing amazing stuff um so you're in lockdown over there in switzerland uh were you currently planning preparing for a certain event this summer hopefully hopefully it might still take place or was there something you had in mind for the autumn what are you working towards well i was working actually for um a triathlon in um in Mallorca, but it's been postponed to end of October. 
And then I have also a triathlon um, for end of uh, August. So hopefully that will be still on. And then, yeah, some local local races here during the summer that have been canceled. So, yeah, stay focused on, on the, the, the events that are happening, hopefully, end of the summer and in the, in the autumn. And, and how do you fancy the swim across Lake Geneva? I know, um, I, I, I think that, I think, I think that's sort of a, a regular annual event, isn't it? That would be amazing. I mean, our relay team did the whole length, but obviously we took it in turns an hour each. But as a solo swim to go across, I think towards the uh, the Evian region, is it? Yes. Yeah. Yes, there are there are a few. There's also one really in Geneva that that goes across. I think it's usually in the summer, so it it will probably be uh, cancelled. I never participated in those because of my um, fear of open water, which I overcame quite recently, really. Um, maybe I will now. I, I was like, you know, coming back from, from your training camp, I, I felt really, um, you know, I, I, I found myself with new uh, confidence in open Wonderful. water, and I thought, yeah, maybe I can do that. But it won't happen this year, for sure. Maybe next year. I look forward to seeing yeah. you there. That would be, that would be amazing, and a, and a real nice coming together from the training camp and, and keeping in touch during this lockdown and one, sharing some wonderful advice for us, um, for our swimmers and triathletes in terms of their training. I really appreciate your time on this. Good luck with everything back home. And, and I do look forward to meeting up with you in Geneva, hopefully next summer for the swim. Is that okay? Yeah, that would be great. I appreciate Thank you. that. Appreciate that.